Hey, Prime members, you can listen to En La Sala ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Hola, familia. Welcome to En La Sala. I'm your host, Eva Luna, and we are back with season two. This season, step into my living room to talk about all the real things happening in my life, in this new changing world, and in our Latinx community. I'll be joined by family, friends, and people who stand to make a change at a time where action is needed. But don't worry, if we're gonna get deep, we're still gonna bring the chisme. You will not believe who is coming to join me in this very first episode of season two. It's the one, the only, the En La Sala OG herself, Miss Becky G. Get ready, because we're about to spill the cafecito. For me, as a host, it was tough to be in a position to ask the harder questions because I'm not a, I don't like conflict, I don't like confrontation, but there's a huge opportunity here for our community and holding people accountable, talking about the harder things, the things that make us uncomfortable. Usually that's where growth lies. I was struggling, I was struggling hard. I think the part of me that was a human being realized that the times we were living in were calling for connection. Okay, let's get into it. I wanted to invite all of you into my living room because I saw how season one tackled so many important issues like mental health or acceptance of all identities in the Latinx community and using your voice to use the right to vote. Because the Latinx community is so rich and diverse, each season is hosted by someone new to bring topics that are important to each one of us and represent the communities that we're from. Because there's a lack of Latinx representation in every field and in every sector, I hope that these conversations will make a difference. I wanted to host this podcast because I think it's a wonderful platform where I can have all of these conversations, learn from them, and also be able to show you guys a little bit of what's important to me. This is my first time hosting a podcast, and I'm a little nervous about it, but I'm really excited. Having this platform and being able to talk about so many amazing things is a huge responsibility, and I don't take it lightly. I hope that by hosting this season of En La Sala, we can continue the conversation and make more change. Joining me today is global superstar, actor, activist, and of course, the OG host of En La Sala season one, Becky G. I am so happy that you're here. Hi, Becky. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for having me. It's nice to be back in La Sala. We have to be in person next time, and maybe it'll be another host for season three, and we'll be in here together. We miss you. I Obviously, I, I wasn't a part of the whole recording process, but everybody here talks about you and how much you were such a, such a bright light in season one. So you're missed for sure. Oh, thank you so much. I miss the incredible team behind in La Sala, especially my girl Diana, the creator of the show who gave me the opportunity to host, which is my first hosting gig ever. I honestly don't think I would have had the confidence if she didn't believe in me to do so. And it became something so incredible. And it's exciting to see what it's become. And now our new host, it's like the passing of the baton, you know? I feel really honored to be um, the second host. How did you decide to host in La Sala? Like, how, how did the, um, the conversation come to happen and how did you accept it? 
Well, obviously it took place during the beginnings of the pandemic. And in all honesty, I was struggling. I was struggling hard. I think the part of me that was a human being realized that the times we were living in were calling for connection with each other, with our families, with our friends, and more importantly, with ourselves, you know? And I was in a very reflective space and the opportunity came about. I hung out um, via Zoom with Diana a couple times and we would get into very deep, meaningful conversations about things that we were passionate about, things that we stood for, things that we knew would help our community. And, and La Sala was presented and it felt like, why not? I mean, I, I love connection. I think during that time in the beginning of the pandemic, I was able to really reflect on why it is that I love what I do so much. And it's beyond the music. It's beyond the acting gig, the role that I would play, the music video that I would shoot. It was the human connection. It fascinates me. It inspires me beyond words. And hosting is very hard. The amount of preparation that I would, you know, do studying, you know, even about my own friends that I got to have on, there was things about them that I was learning about preparing for these interviews. And I mean, some of the interviews I, I didn't feel ready for. I got to interview our vice president, Kamala Harris. And you can ask everyone back there who I, how I was, I was a nervous wreck at the time, uh, you know, a potential candidate to be our, our, our future vice president, um, first female vice president. And I, was so nervous and 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 preparing for that was it was a team effort you know it really takes a village and, and that's something that comes from our culture too you know being latina is so important to me and it's something that i i don't parade around you know in a way that is stereotypical but it just is who i am you know and so that being such a a, a present theme within these conversations as well and the importance of representation and, and so many, so many topics that just really called out to me. It was meant to be the timing of it all. And it led me to other incredible opportunities, um, hosting opportunities um, and inspired me to, to create more. Wow, that's amazing. I, I really believe you were the perfect host for season one. And, um, and I think that everyone, I'm guessing you did as well, learned so much from all the topics that you had last season because obviously speaking about such powerful things, you've always had a really powerful voice, I feel, and, and this was a great platform for you to keep, you know, um, being the voice of so many people that need it. And also I remember during the pandemic hearing you, you would be very loud on your social media and, it, I, and I do understand that it was a time of reflection for you because I remember you would always talk about um, so many things that were important to you, also sharing that on, on social media. So that was wonderful. And, and all the topics that you guys chose were so perfect for season one. Which one do you think is like y your favorite or, or one that really stuck with you out of all the ones that you did? All of them were so special for so many different reasons. They were each so unique in their own way. I think that in general, being given the opportunity to really stand for something is something that I, I took so much pride in because I knew that it wasn't just me. It was everyone behind the camera. It was the listeners on the other side. And so that sense of community 
was so powerful. And some of the episodes that really stand out to me was uh, one of my first ones uh, with Sebastian. And it was, you know, themed love and lyrics and the importance of healthy relationships, healthy love. What does that look like? What does that feel like? And it's funny because we don't, you know, growing up in a household with so many different forms of love, you know, everyone loves so differently. Um, sometimes the hardest relationships are the ones after the toxic ones. It's the healthy relationships and they're uncomfortable. And you're like, well, I really want to fight about this, but maybe that's the toxic side of me coming out. And so having those very powerful conversations about healthy love and what that looks like, and not just with a romantic partner, but with friends and with family members and, and the importance of boundaries and, and independence and things like that was just so much fun. And of course it was in our apartment. So, you know, given the pandemic, there was not many people that I could invite into my sala physically. Um, it was very limited. So shout out to my man for being so cooperative and willing. Um, and also another episode was focused on mental health, you know, the importance of mental health and um, it's very taboo growing up for, for me to look back at because, I mean, music was a form of therapy before I even knew what therapy was, you know? And then now I have, you know, three years under my belt of, of working with my therapist and the impact that it's made on me. And sharing that, I think, has been something that has inspired, you know, others around me in a way where instead of preaching about it and saying, you should go to therapy, it's more just like people saw me and they're like, wow, you look a little lighter. You look a little brighter. You look like you're handling life differently on your own terms and in ways that empower you. And, and it was learning that all of us at some point in our life, you know, have to overcome adversity and, and very hard obstacles. And we have to decide whether we are going to be the victim of something or the survivor of something. And I feel like when we talk about mental health within our community, we can empower so many people who have to overcome generational trauma, who have to overcome toxic you know, relationships, um, unhealthy coping mechanisms, unlearning who we were then to, to better who we are today. To, to become a survivor of, of life and, and feel stronger and feel proud of their pain because through our pain comes greatness, you know? And so that mental health episode, I think was very, very powerful. Getting to share my own obstacles with anxiety and depression. Um, there was, you know, things going on with my health that I had just learned at the time that was quite shocking. And, you know, something I'm still not ready necessarily to share publicly, but, was life-changing, you know, and and working through that, through this amazing team and getting to be so vulnerable with them through each episode was was so special. That's incredible. And I know that that mental health episode really helped a lot of people. I know that also Balvin was struggling in that moment and, and it's something that he's always talking about. So it's beautiful that he was able to have this platform too, to talk about what he was going through and you guys um, share that. Do you... Do you remember a specific fact about something that um, you guys talked about in season one that stuck with you until now? Yeah, I think one of my biggest takeaways is that creating safe spaces for these conversations is like really important. You know, like as, as a host, it's one thing to just to just read the questions, you know, but it, it's another thing to listen And I'm, I'm used to being in this seat, right? Getting interviewed and we're all about being heard, but just, uh, just as important as it is to be heard, it's really important to listen. 
And I really got to listen to so many incredible people and, and to, you know, the research of the videos and, and the, the topics that I was reading about. A lot of the things, even I can use Vice President Kamala Harris episode as an example, we focused on, on immigration. And I felt a responsibility not just to, you know, ask the questions, but ask the harder questions, the questions that focus on the, the topics that really affect our community. And for me, immigration rights is very important. You know, it's a pathway to becoming a citizen is very important. So instead of just focusing on what are the problems that we're facing, where are we finding the solutions? And it was tough to be in a position to ask the harder questions because I'm not a, I don't like conflict. I don't like confrontation, but there's a huge opportunity here for our community and learning that it's beyond the face or the name of, you know, the White House. It's the responsibility that the system carries. And so focusing my time and my energy on making change within the system, no matter the face behind it, no matter the name behind it, I think was one of my biggest takeaways, holding people accountable, talking about the harder things, the things that make us uncomfortable, because usually that's where growth lies. And I think that that was one of my biggest takeaways is putting yourself in uncomfortable, like, you know, positions and saying, I know this is what's best. You know, I, th I think that was for me as a host was, was one of the hardest for sure. Right. And, and you asking all those hard questions, plus the nerves that you were feeling in that episode specifically. Um, I'm sure all of them were a little bit, you know, I get nervous all the time. So I need tips from you. What tips could you give me to hosting this new season of In La Sala? Just be you. Just be yourself. I think that um, you have to be a mirror of what you're asking for. You know, I think for me, in order to expect people to share, I have to share too. I have to be vulnerable as well and, and share my heart. And as an artist, you know, as artists, that's, that's what we do naturally through our music. But I think En La Sala has become such an amazing platform to create that safe space for anyone who walks in, whether it be our own family members, our own friends, uh, local heroes and activists, um, political figures, for them to feel comfortable in this space to share and be vulnerable, I think um, was always my goal. And and so I guess just, just be yourself because I know you have the heart to do it. I know you have the warm smile to do it and you have the spirit, the spirit, the presence to be that listener that, you know, are the, the fans on the other side listening to the podcast as well. I think that was something that I really enjoyed was, you know, some of the feedback I would get from fans of the podcast. And so like as a host, I think it's important to be curious, you know, let that curiosity drive you. Let it just like even the most random things like I have uh, my own talk show now and in my talk show, we do a lot of preparation a lot extensive. I'm like neck deep into years and years of this person's social media because I want to see like, who were they then? Who are they now? What did they look like then? What do they look like now? Um, some of my guests, I can see their life chronologically with on the internet, you know, from when they were 11 years old to the adult that they are today. And randomly during the conversation because of what they're saying, I'll just be like, oh, this question came to my mind. And it's something so simple. It's something so nerdy. And I'll ask it because 
the listener in you gets gets curious. So yeah, just let that curiosity, I guess, take you and that compassion guide you. I love that. Thank you. That's that's a, that's great advice. And honestly, I think that if I weren't to be myself in this in this sala, it wouldn't work out because I wouldn't be able to do it. And I'm super excited to listen to all the guests. I know that it's going to be really um, important conversations that we're going to talk about and and things that have to be serious, but I know it's just going to be so much fun and and I'm excited to learn more and more and hopefully the people listening and you, if you listen to the second season, better listen to the second season. Definitely. <laughs> um, if you, if you do, I think that everybody's going to learn a little bit. So that, that has me really excited. I want to know what, what's coming up for you professionally. Now I'm interviewing you like for real. <laughs> I want to know what's coming up with you and, and what you're excited about. Yeah. So throughout this pandemic, I've been obviously working on music here and there. I've done a couple releases um, here and there as well. But the creative in me has really guided me into other spaces. I created my own talk show, Face to Face, that's available now on Facebook Watch. Uh, I get to interview a lot of incredible uh, people, um, artists, uh, friends of mine, family members of mine make, you know, a couple little uh, visits to um, what is my my set, I guess you could say, because I have a talk show set now, which is really cool. Um, kind of just getting in Involved. You know, I'm an executive producer of the show as well. And I've been expanding into um, other producing opportunities within film and TV because representation is really important to me. So sharing our stories in ways that are authentic and ways that are genuine um, and not stereotypical and not just to check a box of diversity, I think is something that I've been so gravitated towards and, and naturally um, passionate about. And then on top of that, life is happening. You know, I, I've gone through a great amount of, of loss and pain throughout this pandemic. That time to recover, I think, is also something that I'm really looking forward to. Um, throughout this time, you know, this time of year is a time about family. It's a time about recharging and reconnecting. And so I'm also looking forward to that downtime, you know, eating tamales and making food with my little sister and my mom and spending time with my abuelitos. Um, and, and just resting, I think is, is also really important. So, uh, that's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to, to the future. Honestly, I think this is probably the most grounded and most connected I've ever felt to, to who I am. And so I know that the more time I take to listen to myself, the more that there is to come in the future. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And, and I love that you're doing so much but you have as a priority taking care of yourself as well and, and have rest on your mind. Also for, um, well, your talk show, it's so amazing that you have a talk show. Um, and honestly, I'm just super proud of you. I love seeing everything that you've been doing. And and most importantly, I want to say, mi más sentido pesame. I know that you're going through a lot right now. Um, and I want to thank you for coming on the show because it's not easy. It's not an easy time. and you look like everything's all good, but I know that you're holding it all together. Um, so I appreciate it for real. This means a lot to me. This is an exciting time for me, and and I'm I'm super glad that you're giving me your blessing and you're passing the baton. Of course. Thank you. Definitely. No, and thank you, one, for your words. I mean, wow, I, like, have goosebumps. Just being able to receive that energy from you means everything to me, and 
what in la sala means to me, you know, is, is everything as well. And so to see this come full circle and to see that it's you makes me so proud. And there's so many things to celebrate in life, even through our pain and even through our loss. And, um, I, I know that all of the moral compass that, that is in la sala, you also carry, you know, within your heart, in your own way, the importance of family, the importance of self-care, the importance of using our platform for bigger things. And so congratulations to you. And also for your little bebecito that's in your belly. Oh my goodness. When I tell you I cried <laughs> my eyes out and so did my mom. I cannot like find the words of just how beautiful it is to have seen your love for family, for Camilo, who is your family. He's your husband. He's your future baby daddy now. Um, it's, it's, it's so inspiring. And I think, you know, in an industry like the ones we've grown up in, because, you know, you and I both started very, very young and we've been exposed to this so, so young, um, to still be so true and to still be so authentically you is, is refreshing. And so thank you for that as well, because whether we speak often or whether we check in here and there, I know we can always pick up right where we left off. And I think that that's something, you know, as a peer that is, is, is very rare to come by. And I'm very thankful for that. So thank you for bringing me back into La Sala. And um, I hope it's not the last time. <laughs> I hope it's not either. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code AUDIO to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code AUDIO at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code AUDIO. Before we end, before we end, we need to do our ni de aquí, ni de allá section. So what we do is we just ask a question to know you a little bit more and your culture. It's a question about your family traditions. So basically it's what tradition do you have in your family that you absolutely love and which one do you have that you might find annoying? <laughs> um, I don't know if it's a tradition, but like my family's like always in the now. So like they're very chismosos. So like 
Anything could happen. They'll call you be like, hey, ¿escuchaste qué pasó con da 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 da? Isn't that crazy? And I'm like, I don't got time for this right now. Like, there's too much going on in my life. So I think that that's something that I, a veces, like, me guy like, oh, pesado, you know? Um, <laughs> the, the thing that I love the most about my, you know, culture, specifically a tradition that we do a lot in my family, is... Um, Around these times, we do um, fresh tamales and we'll make them from scratch. And my grandparents come over and we literally set up the island in the kitchen like a tamale station. And we will make tamales for what is like a whole pueblo, like the amount of tamales that we will make and different ones like the pollo, tamales dulces, like all kinds of tamales. And it's amazing. And we eat tamales for like days, oh like gosh. at that point. I, yeah, I need to go With to your house. Fresh salsa. <laughs> I need to go to your house around these times. You know, I have that one of that one of my traditions as well with my family is exactly that. But we call them ayacas in Venezuela. So we also have the island in the kitchen, and there's someone that's in charge of tying them at the end or putting the filling and things like that. So it's I I, I understand because it's a wonderful tradition. And then the last part of this interview, <laughs> it's. Just, you know how this podcast is all about, you know, Latinx representation and music, of course. This is a little section to just know a little bit more about your music tastes and I guess how music has shaped you. So, what was the first concert that you went to? The first concert that I ever went to was a Justin Bieber concert at the Staples Center. And I told my, I remember I went with my dad and I told him, I was like, I'm going to be on stage with Justin Bieber. Fast forward, two years later, I was opening up for him at Staples Center. Stop it right Wild now. Wild story. <gasps> yep. That's a great story. Crazy. That's amazing. I love it. And it it lets you know that you can dream big. I think that it, it's so powerful to declare things, like to say them out loud. It's like you bring them into existence. I really believe in that. So you did it. You did it, girl. I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay, what song immediately brings back a memory or transports you? Oh, there's so many songs. That's the amazing thing about music, right? Is it literally takes you somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, me going through my phone trying to see. I feel like any Vicente Fernandez song takes me to my childhood. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it takes me to my childhood. I like I can close my eyes and I see my my abuelitos in the kitchen. And the little like AM, FM radio that my grandma would have like right by the sink, right by the little ventana that she had where she would wash dishes. And it would be, yeah, Vicente Fernandez always playing with the static of the radio. That's incredible. <laughs> you painted the picture perfectly. So favorite song to get you pumped up? To get me pumped up? Hmm. There's this song called Toy Recho. <laughs> Random. Random, super random. Um, really, really good. Um, there's also, I mean, not that like, it's funny because I feel like worship music sometimes gets me like really hype. So like there's like even like some worship music that I'm just like, mm, this is it, I'm ready for the day, I'm ready for life. So I even have like my little sister made me like a worship playlist. I just like randomly I'll just play and then I'm ready for the day. I love it. That's a tradition I have with Camilo every morning. We listen to our worship music playlist. It's so much fun. And it does get you in the mood. Like it gets you in the day. Um, okay, song to set the mood, but not mood like mood. Song to set the 
the mood with like a wink. Mood. See, you didn't have to explain that because my head went there oh, automatically. Okay, I love so, it. See, um, you the one <laughs> I would say um, Wild Side by Normani and Cardi B. Mm, I love that song. Okay. Normani is killing it. I Watch love, out, yeah, Sebastian. Vibe. Watch mm -hmm. out. Mm. <laughs> okay, and last but not least, this one's a complicated question. I think it's complicated. I, I haven't figured it out yet. What song title would you use to describe yourself? Hmm. That's really funny. There's this song um, by Casey Musgraves that's called Happy and Sad. <laughs> and I feel like that is me. Like I go through life and I'm crying because I'm happy or I'm happy, but I'm crying and sad at the same time. And I'm just like such a Pisces, you know? So I feel like happy and sad is like, what is the word for that? Melancholic? Like, That's so good. you know, I don't know. That's yeah, so, I like it. It's a good one. It, I think it's a song for me probably t today and yesterday, 100%. It's, wow, that's really good. Yes. And that was very you fast. It I think you, that, I can't, I can't figure mine out yet. That's, that's really good. <laughs> Everybody here is like, I don't understand how she did it so quickly. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Miss Becky G. We are so happy to have you here. And thank you again for taking the time. You're honestly the best. And we love you here in La Sala. I can't wait to get to all of these episodes because, I mean, this felt amazing. You're doing an amazing job as a host, so I'm sure you're going to kill it. Thank you so much. We love you here. Te mando besitos. Mil, mil gracias otra vez. And say hi to your family for me. I will, most definitely. Thank you so much. A huge thank you to Becky G. And thank you for tuning in and joining me, Eva Luna, aquí en La Sala. I can't wait to welcome you into my world, into the topics I care about, and for you to hear all the amazing conversations and my special guests. I'm Eva Luna, and you can find me at Eva Luna on all platforms. Listen to this show every Wednesday and be sure to follow En La Sala on Amazon Music to get early access to episodes. Besitos! Hey, Prime members, you can listen to En La Sala ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey.